you're for the first time in your life getting an excess of that from people you do not know. Nah, yeah, exactly. How does that weigh on the mind and how do you actually handle that? I always say that you're not a human being if it doesn't affect you in some way. Yeah, like it has to. You're, there's, there's the, your ego loves it. You get all this attention from so many people that think they know you, but they don't really know you. And part of you is like, oh, how good is this? This is like, must this must, feels like what famous people must feel like. Mm. And you're the flavor of the month for about three months post a show, and then no one cares. Everyone's on to the next show. But it's those three months are mm. wild. You get people stopping you in the street. It's like, yeah, your ego loves it. And you... As I said earlier, the version I was then, I look back and I hated it. I was very egotistical yeah. and like we, we've all got an ego. It pops up every now and then, but I'd like to think I've evolved into a person now where I'm more in control of it. G'day, g'day. Welcome back to another episode of A Lot To Talk About. It's your boy, the captain of the ship, the man in charge. <laughs> Bradley J. Driver, of course you can call me Brad, and feeling blessed today. What a way to kick off the morning. Today's guest was on the pilgrimage from the Goldie to Melbourne, stopped in here in the gong. We had a run, we had a swim, we had a coffee, so we're feeling charged, we're feeling alive. And this guy first come across my screen through running, but there's so much more to his story, and we're going to dive into all of that today. Former reality TV star, <laughs> but just a normal human being, a good human being who we've been able to develop a bit of a relationship past couple of weeks chatting and we spent some time together this morning. So I'm looking forward to diving into all of that. So from your home, your car or wherever you are, give a very warm welcome to the one, the only Mr. Bill Goldsmith. How are you, brother? Good, mate. Good. Yeah, we've had a great morning. It has Um, been. It's been good to connect with you in person. For sure. Um, Yeah, obviously it's quite organic how... Mm. We sort of connected and came about each other and yeah, I love what you're doing. I love what you're about. Um, so yeah, it was only made sense to drop in to the gong, um, catch up with you, go for a run. Yeah, it's been awesome. It's been good. And you know, I always reflect on where I first meet a guest or first come across them. And we were sort of sharing that this morning on the run. I was saying, you know, you popped up and just with some words of encouragement through the Instagram comments, which... Can, you know, the Instagram comment section can be a, a <laughs> terrible place or a lovely place and you popped up with a lovely message of encouragement on my 10k a day journey at the moment in the running world and little did I know that you know my 25th run today which we shared together is your 525th run in a row. Yeah, how's um, it? Which is incredible. What's the odds of that? Um, I know. 525 and 25, it's uh, something in, in alignment there. For uh, sure. Um, but yeah, I feel like... Throughout the journey of running, um, encouragement goes such a long way. It does. Um, and throughout life, um, I feel like, yeah, you may as well encourage someone in what they're doing and the, what they're trying to achieve than tear each other down. So, yeah. We spoke about this this morning on the run, right? And, you know, we're jumping a little bit forward here before we dive into your story. But this idea of support systems, how important they are, how important community is, not even in the running space, but like you said, in life, you know, having community people to lean on when you feel like you're at a low point or a point of adversity in crisis, to have those people who pick you up when you can't do that for yourself is is a beautiful feeling. And 
you know, we spoke about sometimes the, the negativity of social media this morning. And one thing I'm trying to get a grip of at the moment is my social media habits. Yeah. Putting my phone down more in the morning, putting it down at night, picking my moments to connect through Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is yeah. and put out content. But understanding that, and this is something that Gary V talks about a lot, it can be a place that is positive or negative depending on the lens that you look at it through, depending yeah. on the energy you give to it. And we're all responsible for how that looks from our own end. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that popped out to me when I first found you was not only your positive comment, but when I clicked on your profile, you're following very little people. So you're, yeah. you're controlling what you consume, which ultimately controls how you feel. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've made quite a conscious effort to not follow a zillion people. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I feel like if you're following people that you went to high school with, people that you call acquaintances, someone you haven't seen in 10 years, you just, it's like you get a, a glimpse of their life, but it's only the 10% that's really good that they choose to post. And mm. it's like you end up comparing yourself. Um, I feel like with only following 50 to 60 people, um, you still do fall down the trap and in that hole of comparing yourself, but it's like with people that you know on a bit of a deeper level, they're not yep. more, they're not really acquaintances. They're more people that are in your life actively. Yep. So you get an, a, a better understanding of who they are, that it's, uh, it's only the 10% that's good that they're choosing to mm. post about and you realize what the other 90% is. So it's like, it's not just seeing that 10%. It's like the people that you actually have a connection with. And it's a challenge, isn't it? Because you, you don't want to unfollow people out of any dislike or any, yeah. any particular reason. It's just, you want to be on there consuming things that are of value. And yeah, it can feel almost like a little <laughs> bit slack when you cut someone from that list of people you're following, but yeah. it's not about that at all. But unfortunately in the world, that we live in people take it as that yeah it's a we spoke about it on the run i feel like there's that feature on social media for a reason yeah and if you want choose to use it on your own profile there's these unwritten rules of like you shouldn't do that or you should do this but the reality of it is you you're in control of what you consume and if you unfollow someone and they get the shits or however they react is just a reflection of where they're at definitely and so it's like yeah, it's that fine line between trying not to offend people and being in control of what you want to consume and whose who's content you want to look at, to be honest. I wish, and this is one of my biggest hopes for Instagram, which I don't know whether it will ever happen because it somewhat thrives on the popularity culture of online. Mm. But I, I really hope that one day followers are extinguished, um, following numbers are extinguished, and you can't tell who's following you. You you can see that people are somewhat connecting <clears throat> with, maybe you can just see the people who connect on a deeper level, not even a like, just like comments and engagement yeah. um, messages and it becomes a platform that isn't metric based. Yeah. Because I think we'd all be a truer, more authentic version of ourselves in what we post because yeah. we wouldn't have to compare on a number scale. I think we would choose to connect based on value, mm -hmm. um, not on a feeling of obligation or... Yeah. Um, to compare or stack up against other people. And I think about the, one of the best things about this challenge at the moment, running 10Ks every day, is I committed to sharing a conversation 
yeah in that space of time every day whether it was a thought i wanted to share that was on my mind whether it was like we done today which people will see at some stage probably a couple of weeks ago by the time this gets out yeah um you know we shared a conversation post run because I've been posting to social every day, there is a negative that I feel like I have to post all the time. Yeah. But the positive is you have to post something every day, which means you never get the perfect photo. Yeah. Often you're sweaty or you're tired or you're mid-run. Yeah. It's removed the insecurity of how do I look in this post and yeah. it's become very real. Yeah. And, and that's the one positive I've taken from this experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, going back on the whole getting rid of the following count and everything, I feel like the whole metrics and everything that we measure social media would change dramatically if they made it a subscription-based service. If we had to pay a monthly service fee for it, we wouldn't be the product then. We would be paying them for the product. Mm. Yeah, they're still run by algorithms. The whole world is run by algorithms. But it'd be similar to Netflix. It would be a subscription-based service that still has algorithms, still promotes what they think you want to watch and everything but they have to provide a service for you because you're paying for it. I think that would flip social media on its head. If I've that never happened. thought about it from that angle, but I yeah. guess it's the same with um, purchasing a book or purchasing an audio book. Yeah. Well, buying the, a ticket to a movie, you decide on what looks valuable to you, yeah. what you're actually interested in. And you go and you actually take the time to either observe, read or listen. Yeah. Because you've paid, you've paid the money. Yep. Yeah. You wouldn't aimlessly scroll. Some people would, and mm. you, and obviously, some. It'd be interesting to see how many people would pay the subscription if they had to pay a subscription yeah. for social media, yeah, and for how sure. much the addiction to social media would reduce. And as I said, instead of us being the product, they would have to provide a product for us because we're paying for it. So it's like it would, for me, that would flip everything on its head. Not a bad idea. Yeah, but I don't know if it would ever go like that. Yeah, um, I feel like the power and the influence that it has on the world we live in today is too huge. Yeah. The other thing too that's with social media, it's just flooded with misinformation. Mm. The world the world we live in today is flooded with misinformation. For you sure. Get, you, we were talking about this morning, you go, well, that's not misinformation. It's like con contradictory uh, opinions on podcasts and stuff. Yeah. And that's just the balance of life and everyone's opinion will be different. And I feel like to live in a healthy society, people need to disagree on things. Because if we all believe the same, we would be a robotic society. And, For sure. And we'd all do the same things. We'd all agree. And a bit of conflict um, and disagreements, it, I feel like that's where you learn about yourself, how you deal with people, how you deal with new information that gets thrown in front of you, all sorts of things. So it's, it's quite important <laughs> To it have is. disagreements and different ideas. The thing I dislike <clears throat> about, what well, the thing where well, I wouldn't say I dislike, but the thing where people go wrong with disagreeing is they like to weaponize their wisdom. Mm. If they think that they know something or understand a concept better than you, then they will weaponize your opinion. Yeah. And and try to to look smarter, to look wiser, to look more thought out. Where unfortunately that doesn't develop anything. Well, I feel like that's ego. It is ego. It's like it's that's the the that's why the news that's on repeat from three thirty in the afternoon to seven o'clock at night is one of the highest rating shows on TV because well, this is my opinion, obviously, because 
when you're in the corporate office around the water cooler, if you've got some information that someone else doesn't know, you feel some more superior to them by saying, oh, did you hear about this on the news? And they go, no. And then you tell them the story that you saw, even though it has nothing directly to do with our lives. It's just that they play on the knowledge is power and I feel more superior to you if I can say, and it might not even be true. Like the news and the media lie every day. We know that. 100%. And it's like, yeah, they just play on people's egos really, isn't it? 100% it is. And it's, yeah. It's such a deep conversation. We've gone real Silicon Valley here to start out with, but (laughs) brother, I'm blessed to have you here because I think one thing I love about the podcast and what this has done for me in my life is it's enriched my my level of connection with people. It's for me taught me that everyone has a story that's deeper than the surface level and sometimes it takes the right questions to unveil that. Sometimes it takes you know, a comfortable and, and safe space for people to get vulnerable and yeah. it allows us to connect on a greater level outside of just what the world will see on yeah. social media. Yeah. And I guess for you, there's there's a whole story to your life, right? You're in your mid-30s now and, you know, through that time you've lived in Melbourne, you grew up there, um, you're in the Goldie at the moment, here we are today in Wollongong for this show, I guess. Give us an idea of the, the human being that you were in your earlier years and yeah. and I guess what young early life looked like for Bill Goldsmith. Yeah, um, I feel like your upbringing and everything sort of shapes the person you are, teaches you the morals that you want to live by. Um, so growing up, I grew up with a feminist hippie mother. <laughs> we didn't have TV yeah. my whole childhood. Yeah, wow. Um, I grew up in the outer eastern suburbs of Melbourne in the Dandenong Ranges, so up the hills. We lived next door to a national park. I spent a lot of time climbing trees, building cubby houses, letting my kid imagination run wild, which is what kids need to do. Incredible. Um, yeah, and at the time, I feel like um, I feel like when you when you're growing up as a kid at school and everything, all you want to do is fit in. You don't want to be the old one out. Not having TV, you're the odd one out. There's kids talking about the show, TV shows, blah, blah, blah. You've never watched them. Odd one out. And I feel like in a funny way, ever since that upbringing, I've been the odd one out in today's society since then. And I always like to question things. I always, I can see things for what it is. Mm. Um, the system, the systematic world we live in, in terms of the school system, uni, nine to five, white picket fence, yeah. <laughs> work to your 65, then you have your life. Um, yeah. yeah, I go against all of that. Um, but yeah, I've I've got my parents being married 37, I think. 30, oh, I don't know what it is. 30, close to 40 years. Good stint. Yeah, which is it's pretty rare these days, isn't it? it is. So it's like to have that as your, well, they're my two biggest role models, obviously, growing up and to show what, it takes to have a committed, loving relationship. It's taught me a lot. Um, the world we live in isn't exactly like that. No, um, With the internet and options and everything like that. Um, but yeah, I had yeah. Two, obviously, two thousand eighteen had a bit of a whirlwind year. Doing for sure. Doing like well, as we said on the um, run, making a. Instagram account for the first time. <laughs> How funny is Instagram? Like when it first came out, you're like, 
just post photos. Like, how the that's f- weird. How is yeah. that going to work? That is yeah. so weird. And now, fast forward to now, you're like, yeah, that's just the norm. A hundred percent. It's yeah. so normal. Our, our lives somewhat revolve around what we do on social media. Yeah, what some people's lives do. I always ask that question, like, would you still do that hike to the top of the hill if there was no post and likes and comments attached to it? hundred percent. And I don't reckon a lot of people would do it. So it's like, would. would you still go on that holiday? Would you still wear yeah. those clothes? Would you? Yeah. Uh, it's all of those questions. Yeah. I have to ask. You spoke about your childhood there being very natural, being being very much dictated by probably feel and and what you were exposed to in a very genuine nature with inside the circle of your family, not yeah. TV, not what kids today would receive off social media and feel like they have to do. Being that outlier, and you spoke about not exactly fitting in, it's funny you mention it because probably five or six of the last podcast episodes have had this real tone around, and it started with a guy named Martin Hebel, who's a speaker at the Resilience Project, come oh, on yeah. the show and... And Rack's, a, they call him Rack because um, he had a haircut like a raccoon at one point. Huge <laughs> story to that. But Rack talks about fitting in versus belonging. And he yeah. said belonging is is being who you are, being authentic to yourself and yeah. connecting with that community that accepts and appreciates and celebrates that. Yeah. Fitting in is is trying to it's change your color, yeah. wear the same thing of everything, get uniform to feel as though you have a sense of... Um, sameness or likeness with the people around you which is not good for yourself it's actually pushing you further away from your true self yeah it sounds like you had a true sense of belonging in your childhood yeah how does that then make you feel about going into the world of reality tv (laughs) and what what is the you know we spoke about it this morning but i'll let you explain it for the listeners and viewers the motivation behind that experience because it is so left of center for you yeah yeah so the story with the whole reality thing was um, I'd just gone through a bad breakup. I was a uh, bit down in the dumps. My housemates at the time were like, hey, why don't you apply for this? And I was just like, you know what, why not? We all, yeah. we all sat down together, did the uh, application together. Didn't hear anything of it for like two months. Got a random call. We want you to do an audition. I'd never auditioned for anything in my life. That whole world was so foreign to me. Mm. Um just went along, didn't know how to act, didn't know what to do really, just acted myself. And then obviously one thing led to another, got chosen to be on it. And um, I always look back and work, and there's a why to everything you do. Why, what's the reason you're doing? And my why for doing reality TV was just to do it for the experience. Yeah, Try something, completely left field. Um, it's not for the faint hearted. No matter who you are as a person, you're going to go through ups and downs. Yeah. Um, there's going to be positives and negatives. Um, looking back, I grew a lot as a person. Um, but then also looking back, the person I turned into post the shows, I look back now and I'm like, I hate that version of myself. Yeah. But that's all it was. That was just a version of who I am and the evolution of who I am now. Yeah, and I'm which, gonna, which I love. We spoke about that this yeah. morning a lot, didn't we? And I'm going to change again. Like through yeah. more experiences through life, I'll change again and I'll mm. evolve into an even different person. But yeah, the the, the so, whole experience is something I look back on and I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Not many people get to do that and get thrown into that environment. It's an environment like there's nothing like on the in the world yeah. today. It's like everything's magnified. Um, yeah, you're just in this bubble and 
yeah, it was an experience and that's all it was. It was just an experience. It doesn't define who I am yeah. then or now. All it was an ex- is an experience. So uh, we'll, we'll dive into this a bit, right? Because I find it really unique. So reality TV doesn't actually, the word reality doesn't hold that much weight in that setting, right? Yeah. Give, give you even another example. I was watching a real estate-based show the other day. Um, you know, former real estate agent myself, bit of a passion for more so architecture than the art of real estate and property and yeah. the way it looks and feels and, you know, just really interested. My partner, Soph, and I are sitting down watching this show and on this show, a celebrity comes on looking to buy a house. In the end, they don't. They decide to go on tour and I'm like, I'm 99.9% sure that they were never interested in buying a house, but... Yeah. That was in there to enhance the script, to enhance the imagery, to yeah. draw people to TV for that couple of weeks. Um, it's it's a part of the script. It's a part of the writing play. Yeah. You look at the the show like you went on The Bachelorette. Um, who, what season was it? I can't even remember. It was uh, Ali Ogin was the okay, the okay. lady, the girl, but I don't know what number season yeah. it was. So, yeah. you, you know, we're talking years ago now and... Everything about that is entertainment, right? So yeah. it's, it's got to get bums on the lounge in front of the TV. And yeah. you know, that TV model is people need to be sitting down at 7.30 at night to watch the show. Yeah. Well, the show's not successful. That's it. And, and I remember watching at the time because at the time Netflix was sort of newish and you know, TV still held some weight. And I actually said to you this morning, your reputation on the show wasn't, wasn't great. It didn't <laughs> no. come across as fantastic. I remember sitting thinking... I don't know if I like this place. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But this morning, completely different story when we're actually connecting on who we are. Yeah. And and that human nature of real connection. It's yeah. a completely different story. Yeah. Your reputation wasn't great after the show. And, you know, you, you said you were a plumber before the show. You lived a very normal life. Yeah. Coming out and then five months later, the show's aired. Talk to me about the feelings and the emotions of watching yourself on air and going... That's not me on TV. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a tough period to finish the filming, go back home, try and... When I got out of the whole bubble, I was away for two and a half months. No phone, no outside tra- uh, distractions, no outside noise. And when I got home, there was probably a week there where I'd wake up and I wouldn't know what to do because I was so used to someone telling me when I had to be ready, what I had to wear, when I could eat all those things and I've the transition from back from that bubble into just living normal took probably a week to transition Mm. back and then there's that interim of five months where you're thinking about what was filmed and the hours of footage they got and what character you're going to be portrayed and then we don't get a preview of what it's going to be like we watch it with everyone else and you go through an array of emotions. I bet. And I, every night there was an episode, I'd stay up till probably 2 a.m. because I'd get adrenaline. I'd get adrenaline running through my body of anxiety, excitement, nerves, all of those emotions whilst yeah. watching it. And now, like, as it was going, I was quite aware that... They have to have the same characters every season. Yeah, <laughs> pretty it's all, much. It's always a consistency. It's a, it's a, it's a script. It's a, they've done it that many times, the production company. It's down mm. to they know exactly what they're doing. There's so much that goes into getting what they need to get for the show yeah. and creating the characters they need to create that they're so good at it. And it's, mm. yeah, you got to say the words and whatever, but it's, 
highly produced. <laughs> so it's not, people always ask me, is it scripted? No, it's not scripted. It's highly produced. Highly produced means that they tell you the topic they want you to talk about. That You can use your own words, but they want you to talk about this topic. Yeah. So it's not actually scripted, but yeah, it's, um, yeah. Someone has to be the bad guy, don't they? For and, sure. Yeah. And was, unfortunately. Happened to be me. <laughs> yeah. So when you're experiencing that, so you're for the first time in your life, especially because we spoke about it this morning. Some people would go on the show to grow on Instagram following. You only started on Instagram just before the show. Yeah. So it was just like a year before the show. So you didn't really have well, a love six, or six months. I connection started, for socials. Yeah. I, did, I started my Instagram 2018 in January and by July, I was off to on TV. Off to TV. <laughs> yeah. So the, the funny thing there is for the first time in your life, you're getting this excess of dopamine and, and even sometimes not even dopamine, but negativity, mm. I can imagine throughout the course of this show where for the first time in your life, it's not just your immediate people who are giving you feedback on your personality, mm. your behavior, um, whether it be validation, whether it be um, negativity and, and yeah. things to reflect on. You're for the first time in your life getting an excess of that from people you do not know. Nah, yeah, exactly. How does that weigh on the mind and how do you actually handle that? I always say that you're not a human being if it doesn't affect you in some way. Yeah, like it has to. You're, there's, there's the, your ego loves it. You get all this attention from so many people that think they know you, but they don't really mm. know you and... Part of you is like, oh, how good is this? This is like, must this feels like what famous people must feel like. Mm. And you're the flavor of the month for about three months post a show and then no one cares. Everyone's on to the next show. But it's those three months are mm. wild. You get people stopping you in the street. It's like, yeah, your ego loves it. And you, as I said earlier, the version I was then, I, I look back and I hate it. I was very egotistical yeah. and like... We, we've all got an ego. It pops up every now and then, but I'd like to think I've evolved into a person now where I'm more in control of it. And I, For sure. And I can associate when it's my ego talking to myself or when it's actual real. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's hard. Like people love to hate. No, as I said to you this morning, no matter if you portrayed the best person in the world, people will always hate you through jealousy, through whatever. So it's... Well, we see it in the fight world. Yeah. Some people play a character, like great example, for anyone who's not into fighting, um, you may not know this name, but for those who are into the UFC, I'm sure you've heard of Colby Covington. Yeah. A guy who is um, an extremely decorated wrestler in, in the US, was signed by the UFC winning fights, but winning fights in what some would call a boring matter, mm. where he would take guys down, wrestle them, ground and pound kind of like a Khabib style fighter. Yeah. The UFC said, mate, you, you're winning all your fights, but unfortunately you're not selling tickets. We have to cut you mm. after this next fight. Mm. In preparation for the next fight, he comes out in the press conference and acts completely different. Mm. He owns the villain mantra. He's now the guy that people love to hate. Yeah. So whether you're tuning into his fights because you love his style or whether you're tuning in because you want to see him get knocked out. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's selling tickets. That's it. Then he's one of the biggest names in the UFC. Yeah. People love to hate. So people will subscribe to something, whether it be for the negativity or the positivity, and a lot of the time... It's the negative. Negative that yeah. sells. Yeah. And, and I guess let, 
I don't want to stay on the reality TV for long because it, it really doesn't interest me all that much. But yeah, what I want to talk about more so is is the character arc for you and the human evolution. Yeah, what was it for you that allowed you then to to rec? Because I think with everything, and I'm a massive fan, followers of the show will know that I talk about Ben Crow a lot. Yeah, um, Ben Crow's a, a mindset coach and has had extreme success working with people like Ash Barty, Dusty Martin. Um, he was Phil Knight's right-hand man at Nike for a long time, and yeah. he's had real success in that space. And one of the things I, I love and one of his concepts is the ABCs of confidence, human confidence. And he says that self-confidence starts with first self-acceptance, then self-belief, and then self-confidence is formed. And it has to go in that yeah. in that um, direction with that sort of... Um, those steps yeah i guess is what i'm saying and self-acceptance can't come without self-awareness yeah so when were you first self-aware that oh my ego's taken charge of, of my character and my life here and yeah. i want to change yeah that's a good question um i don't feel like there's a specific moment or point where i um was like oh, holy shit like i need to con- get control of my ego it's it was just a slow evolution from listening to podcasts, reading books, um, yeah, working out what real human connection is, knowing that throughout the post the, the TV show and getting heaps of negativity and people writing bad stuff about you, I always knew that I was raised by good parents with good morals and I know what's right and from wrong. I know I'm loud, opinionated, have big energy and a lot of people get intimidated by that. And that's okay. I am who I am. And that's yeah. the bottom line. I'm not, I wouldn't change for anyone. Um, but it, you're not human. To, unless, like if you say, oh, it doesn't affect me. I'm, I know who I am, blah, blah, blah. That's a lie. Because if you get constantly people bombarding you with negativity about you, it's going to affect you. Yeah. I struggled massively. I went and spoke to a psychic for months after. Mm. And it was... One of the biggest and most important things a psychic ever said to me was, Bill, if you want your life to go back to how it was before you did TV, surround yourself with the people that you did before you did TV. And that was... Community. Well, that was one of the biggest things I did because if you catch up with the people that you did the shows with, all you do is talk about the show and it consumes you, it consumes you, consumes you. I still know people I did the series with that are still trying to do more reality TV shows. And... If that's what makes them happy and gives them purpose and all that, good luck to them. Yeah. That's not what it gives me. It doesn't give me any of that. And it's I the thing I realized from that is the whole industry is built on lies. Mm. It's lies from information. It's lies from, yeah, like people set up paparazzi shots after the shows and make money and sell stuff, information to magazines and make money off that. And it's like that goes so far against what and how I was raised. And it's yeah. like, we live in a world where, as I said, it's, it's all misinformation. We don't mm. really know what the real truth is with three sides to every story. Yeah. Right? With government, with the media, with anything. Like mm. it's, I saw a good thing the other day saying that we live in a world where we are private citizens, but the government knows everything about us and the government's public servants and we know nothing about them. It is backwards. The world we yeah. live in today is backwards. Yeah. How it should be. For sure. And it's like, it's all just built on lies. Every politician that's ever lived has lied throughout their term or whatever you we want see, to say. We see it every year. Yeah. We see it every year. Yeah. 
and it's and it is a real challenge to get a grip of what reality looks like post post a, an experience like that which is so unnatural yeah like this is i think i, I really feel for kids and even for for my generation who this world of social media was you know this gen- generation being the two of us social media was thrown in front of our face at a certain point and we did not grow up understanding it yeah the generation of of now like the young teens the kids who are living for social media i feel very sorry for oh. i look at my dad's my dad's era was probably the last era that got away without giving a fuck about it yeah yeah and for that i think they their self-worth is definitely not wrapped up in it <laughs> exactly which I, which I love for them and yeah. i think you know one thing i've said all the time is like a mantra i live by is seek value not validation yeah and and I find though, and and I heard a, a story the other day. I was listening to a podcast, Rob Deerdeck. Yeah. Um, some people will know Rob Deerdeck from Fantasy Factory, from Ridiculousness, from a bunch of MTV shows, um, or skateboarding, whatever it is. He's a gun skateboarder. Gun skateboarder, yeah. And yeah. he was talking to Ed Milet on on Ed's show, and Ed's been extremely successful in business. And Ed said they're very close. And Ed said, I remember you telling me a story about a business opportunity you got that would have rocketed your fame into the next stratosphere. It would have taken your, your financial value through the roof. Yeah. But you said it wasn't worth your time because it'd take you away from your people and from the things that truly make you happy. Yeah. And he's like, it's extreme, it's extreme, um, understanding and self-awareness to be able to say no to a deal like that. Yeah. And I thought about it and I thought if a deal, that would financially and from a fame standpoint change your life was put in front of my face. I'd like to hope I had the self-awareness that I would say, no, this is not the right thing for me. Yeah. But when that carrot is dangled, Mm. we don't know what we're going to do until we're there. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people now, that is the struggle of reality TV, that carrot of, well, what if it goes right? What if my Instagram and TikTok goes through the roof? What if my social value is taken into the next level and all of a sudden I have this life that looks flashy and fun. Yeah. But I look at you now and, you know, one of the things that we've connected on is the joy of just fucking running every day. Yeah, that's it's it. It's so simple. It's so simple. It's so simple. Yeah. So, you know, you've had this huge arc and evolution in your life back to maybe more of a childlike Bill. Yeah. In many ways. Yeah, definitely. And getting back to the generational thing with um, social media, I see and hear of some kids of like, their goals in life is to be famous. And I hear that and I'm like, that is like a ridiculous goal to me. Like yeah. if you're, f- I, I, I know that they attach the fame with the money and the cars and the houses and the mm. wealth, but you live a completely different life to every day if you're famous. Yeah. And it's like for some people to have that as a goal, I'm like, that blows my mind to be fair. It is. It's crazy. Yeah. And then getting back to the whole arc, yeah, maybe I have, like, ever since reality TV and the growth and the um, evolution of me, I've started meditating. My mum used to meditate when I was younger, and I'd be like, I do not understand that at all. I med- try and meditate every day. I try and move my body every day. I try and connect with people around me, try and connect with the planet. Yeah. And I just, yeah, the biggest thing I try and live by is be the change you want to see in the world. Don't talk about it. Just act it because you don't know what the ripple effect that will have. For if sure. someone sees you 
running every day for 500 plus days and that inspires them to go move their body and makes them healthier and feel better within themselves mm. physically and mentally amazing and yeah. i don't know that i don't know who how many people i've inspired i know a few that have reached out and said you've directly inspired me and it's awesome to get that feedback but that wasn't really the main reason that's a byproduct of me doing it i was really doing it just for me yes yeah. in, in a pretty selfish way i was I just started running for me. It was my meditation. It was uh, movement of the body, get the endorphins going. It mm. made me healthier, fitter. Um, yeah, just more it's grounded. Right. Yeah. It's, it's funny, isn't it? And, you know, talking about that impact, you, you don't know that you may be having or others are having on you and they might not realize it. We ran past one of my, my favorite women in the Wollongong area this morning, Barb. Mm. Barb is an older lady who runs every day she moves the body she either runs swims or cycles every day yeah um we run past her in puckies there and she used to run marathons back in the day and i used to see barb running every day in covid and i remember stopping one day to have a chat to her yeah and i said barb what keeps you moving why don't you stop mm. and she said if you stop you die and I, and I remember that, but I look at her now in her older age and she's so vital and happy and vibrant and mm. she moves so well. And I'm like, fuck, what an inspiration just to keep moving. That's it. Not to have this idea that like you have to get deteriorate as you get older, that you can mm. continue to move and enjoy and love movement and yeah. the freedom that comes with it. It's the same with money. You can look at people like last night I watched House of Gucci the movie right need to read more books right <laughs> wild right yeah and it's crazy that the idea of this was founded on like the family name and it was about quality and it was about providing an experience for people and giving people an experience to feel good about themselves in clothes mm. and then the money and the potential fame behind it yeah actually pushed the the creators out of the business yeah and it turned into just to a corporate structure that was about money. It was about wealth. It was about status. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, isn't it crazy how people who haven't had that can get a taste of it and all of a sudden it fuels them? Yeah. You know, and, and a huge part of my journey has been the challenge of being driven by money at one point, mm. still having good values and morals, but being driven by the goal of making money. Yeah took me so far away from my purpose and true happiness and true meaning in life. Yeah. I've gone the other end of the spectrum now where everything is purpose and passion fueled. Mm. But now I'm realizing that, okay, I need to make money to be sustainable, but it just can't control my life or it can't be the thing that yeah. dictates my self-worth. Yeah. And I think that's a challenge for all of us is the balance of understanding that self-worth is intrinsic it comes back to the simple nature of what you can do and control and what makes you feel good. Yeah. What makes you feel like you are value-driven, purpose-driven, or living by the pillars of what you define to be a successful life. Yeah. And then understanding that the relationship with everything in the outer world that you can't control needs to be at arm's length. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's like one of the worst traits humans have is greed. It's like, when's enough enough? And it's like, People are so money. We live in a society where it's status money and it's and it goes away from connection. What mm. really makes you happy is connecting. Connecting yeah. with like-minded people, 
And thinking back, there's probably something that really drew me to you on social media was that you were doing something you're passionate about. You're authentic. You're mm. you're not out there doing it to self promote yourself. And un- there might be an underlying element of that, and that's okay. Yeah. We sell ourselves every day. Yeah, everything sure. we do, all the choices we make, we sell ourselves every day. But it was probably the authenticity that shined through to me, which was like, I this appreciate is, that. This is awesome, and it's you. You can subconsciously tell through social media whether it's whether it's all self-promotion or it's someone's doing it for the right reasons. Well, I think for me, when I think about my reasons, there have definitely been times in my life where I've, and particularly through real estate, when I was money-driven, where mm. it felt like there was an element of like, I look back at my real estate videos now, I thought they were sick at the time. And I'm like, oh my God, they're so cringy. But that's the ele- evolution of you. Yeah. Well, the yeah. one funny thing is one of them actually ended up on Brown Cardigan because it was a bit cringy. <laughs> there you go. So I'm like, isn't that a way to humble you? Yeah. Right? yeah. But the, the thing I love about it is when I look at what I do now, it's been inspired by the, you know, you spoke about the mantra you live by, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm the change that I needed to make to be in touch with my purpose and with my health again, take Mm. control of my life, the things that were important. I noticed how much of an impact it had on me that I just wanted to share that with the world. Yeah. And that's like my reason for being on social media now. Like I see my purposes to uplift and inspire hope in others through story. And whether that be my story or your story here on a podcast, Mm. for me, that's, it's beautiful that storytelling and conversation can be so powerful for people to experience. Yeah. And, and through that process, I've learned so much about myself and about the world and other people that it's become infectious for me. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's just, I think having a purpose and crafting a purpose for your life is the thing that keeps you on track. It's the thing that keeps you away from greed or envy mm. or jealousy and, and any of those things. And yeah. as I connect now on social and, and share conversation and connect with people, you can definitely tell people who are doing it for the right or the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah, for and, sure. And that sometimes is a process of feeling out through questions, yeah. watching a few times and seeing whether their values hold true when you meet them in real life, whether their values yeah. hold true when times are tough. And yeah. For me, the the best thing that could have ever happened to me through this process, as weird as it sounds, is the fact that it hasn't happened for me straight away financially with a podcast and speaking. Mm. Because one of the great tests in life is if it's not providing you with an immediate reward, do you keep doing it? Mm. And for two and a half years, I've made no money from this show. I've made I made a thousand dollars last year. A thousand dollars in 2022. Yeah. And I'm still doing the same things this year. Mm. Trying to figure out a way to make it more sustainable. Yeah. And trying to think smarter from a business perspective, but the purpose remains the same. And for me, I could put my head on the pillow at night. And we spoke about that Matthew McConaughey quote this morning on our run. An honest man's pillow is his peace of mind. Yeah. I've got so much peace of mind because my life is moving in a real direction for me. Yeah. And I feel like, your life specifically going from a real estate agent um, who are pretty dishonest when they need to be to get a sale through. Um, You tell a lot of lies. And now that you're living your purpose, you're providing a service through storytelling. We've, we've handed down knowledge from generation to generation for thousands of years through storytelling. Mm. That's how it's been through most cultures. And this is no different. And I'm sure looking back, 
on your time as a real estate agent, when your head hit the pillow at night, you probably weren't happy because you told a few lies to get mm. that sale. Now you're doing something authentic that really has a purpose behind it. You don't need a lie. You don't For need sure. to lie about anything. You've been vulnerable. You've been honest in who you are, mm. what you're trying to achieve. You've been transparent about all that. So there's yeah. no need to lie. And I'm sure you're sleeping better at night. <laughs> I sleep really well at night. And, yeah. And whilst I will say, I was, I can say pretty honestly, I was, I was pretty value driven. I think it's probably mm. the thing that I found very tough in real estate was I missed a lot of business and opportunities because I refused to lie. Yeah. Okay. Which was different in the industry. Cause a lot of people, whether it be lies or we spoke about this morning, white lies yeah. or what we call GST or Mayo, mm. um, you know, just adding that little bit of extra on top. Yeah. I found the hardest thing for me was I was so value driven cause we'd had terrible real estate experiences as a family yeah. beforehand it showed me what I didn't want to be. Yeah, okay. And that's why I'd done well with my small select group of clients, but it's why I think I would have never been one of the best. Yeah. Because I wasn't willing to go there. Yeah, which is good. And, which is good. Yeah. But definitely what we learn about ourselves is there's always the little white lies or the little narratives that maybe we add the GST or Mayo to to push the end result or to push the sale of it be real estate or to push our social status in life, whatever mm. it is. And one thing I loved about our run this morning was you spoke about a meditation retreat mm. you went on recently and, and there was a revelation around the white lies of life. Mm. Explain that a little bit because I thought that was interesting. Yeah, so I went and did a, a, a Vipassana meditation, um, which is a technique that's taught in India. Um, it's a lot of sitting. It's like 10, yeah. 10 plus hours of meditating every day. No verbal contact, no eye contact. You have to go within, you have to... Uh, I guess uh, face what comes up head on. Um, mm. There's no distractions, nowhere to hide, no phone, no nothing. Um, which is, it's hard to get that environment in this world we live in. It is. <laughs> yeah. So, and yeah, my biggest takeaway from that is that why do we, why do we white lie so much? We're almost in a culture that's conditioned to lie through lying in the media, lying in advertisement, lying everything. And it's, I feel once you eliminate those white lies, you are truly the most authentic version of who you are on yeah. the planet. And that's since that, it's been a huge goal of mine to just show up in the world authentically. Mm. People aren't going to like you. People are going to love you. People are going to hate you. It is what it is. But as long as you can say, I'm living my most authentic version of me on the planet every day, I think yeah. that's a huge win. And it's, as you said, your head, when when your head hits the pillow at night, you'll be, uh, what's the word? You'll be content with who you are and yeah. how you've acted and how you've showed up in the world. And there's nothing to worry about. And so like when you start doing the white lies, that mean nothing. But it's like you white lie because I feel like for some of the time you white lie because you've got a version of who people think you are in your head and you have to um, live up to their expectations. So it's, for example, if you're, say, a fitness influencer on TV, uh, on uh, social media yeah. or TV or whatever, and they're like, oh, where'd you go for dinner? Or what did you have for dinner last night? And you really ate pizza, but you have this image that you're a fitness person. So you say you ate something healthy. And it, it's a lie. Yeah. It, it, they're the ones that eat you up inside. And it for means sure. nothing. And just because you're a fitness person, you're allowed to have pizza. It doesn't oh, yeah, matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. It's yeah. like 
You're a human being. You're human. Yeah, you're allowed to have a meal or what? Like you're allowed to eat what you want, whatever you want. It's it's your choice to put whatever you want in your own body at the end For of sure. the day. Yeah, and it it is a it's a beautiful um it's a beautiful way to live when you can get in touch with that true authenticity. Yeah, that true version of yourself. And I guess we spoke about um so for those who know Brother Fune, if you don't now, um, one of my great mates Foons this morning. And, and I actually realized this morning we introduced him as Ty. That's his name. But um, he, Ty, um, so basically the funny thing is wild character, Ty. Mm. So Typhoon, Foony, Foonay, whatever we, whatever we call him. That's Aussie, kind of where the nickname comes from. Aussie lingo. Aussie lingo. <laughs> so we call him Brother Foonay because he's been doing a few retreats like that recently. So yeah. we call him the all-wise, the all-encompassing Brother Foonay. <laughs> Um, he he joined us on the run this morning as he has done for for most of Ned Ten. Yeah, and we were speaking about over a coffee how you can read a million self help books, not actually take anything from it, and not actually implement anything in your life. Mm. And it's really getting to a point where you can be super in tune with what you're reading, pick what's going to work for you, and just allow it to have that one percent effect on your life mm. and i guess what we we learn from these retreats what we learn from the conferences we attend the books we read the podcasts we listen to doesn't always sink in and it's you know sometimes it's like intent is nothing without action mm. and when you look at that i guess revelation in you know this vipassana retreat that i want to remove the white lies from my life mm. and you go then back out into the real world it's easy to forget that so mm. What does a routine of, of day-to-day look like for you now to stay super in touch with it, that authenticity and super in touch with, you know, the human being that you want to be in mm. the world? It's a good question because I think through stillness, you get awareness. Through awareness, you can make change. Yeah. So I try and keep it as a daily practice, do at least a 15-minute meditation. And that's my time just to connect with my breath, my body, um, I let my mind go where it wants to go. There's no controlling of that. And it's times, you need time to process things. We're bombarded with information every single day. And without some stillness and some quiet time, how are you ever meant to process the life that's going on around you? Mm. And it's, I feel like that's a big part of keeping myself grounded, keeping myself um, motivated to be authentic as I can, um, to eliminate the white lies, to try and live as closely by the morals that I want to live by. Um, yeah. So I feel like funny way meditation is a, is a really good way of keeping yourself grounded and just having time to process things for sure. Yeah. I, I like the mindset of where you're at now and meditations, something I've, I've had a lot of my guests on the podcast speak about, and a mm. lot of people in my life speak about something I've actually never really tried. Mm. And I think it's. I think a lot of it is around my concept of time, and I feel as though because I'm trying to do so much all the time, I, I mm. struggle to sit and relax. But I can sit in front of a TV show, yeah, because you're, hip, you're hypnotized. Hypnotized, yeah. But I, I can't find 15 minutes to sit still. It's something that yeah. I'm actually going to challenge myself to do. Yeah, I think before bed would be really nice for me to get me into a real calm state before I sleep. Mm. Well, it's called a practice because it takes practice to get good for at it. Sure. No one in the history of mankind has sat down and just been like, yeah, I can meditate. I'm still on. I have days. It's like anything. I have days where I go deeper. I have days where I can't switch off. And yeah. it's, it's still just doing the practice of sitting there 
eyes closed, no visual distractions. Yeah, you can hear things. Your mind might bring some stuff up that doesn't let you go very deep, but it's still that practice of just having that space in your life to process some stuff, whether it's something stressful, whether it's something good, whatever. We've always, we're always questioning something in our head, always. Definitely. Yeah. I find for me, probably the closest I get to meditation at the moment is like a solo run, Mm. which I love because I come back. I love running with people, you know, Mm. like this morning, heaps of fun, you yarn and you chat and it's a good time. When I go for a run with the boys, they say it's like going on a fucking live podcast. Like I never shut up. Yeah. But the times where I run by myself, I can't run with headphones. Yeah, me either. I need to just be like in tune. Mm. And I find that I had a solo run, I think it was last Monday. Mm. And I just ran for, you know, my 10K, ran through the Botanic Gardens in Wollongong and just had a really beautiful run. And I come back and I felt so charged mentally. Mm. It, it does so many wonders for me. And that's why I have a real a real pull towards trying to practice that, that art of meditation this year. And yeah, I guess when we talk about those healthy, positive practice practices and habits, you know, you've mentioned a few times reading, listening to things of, mm. of value. What are some of the things you're reading and listening to at the moment that you feel are enriching your life that maybe someone listening to or watching this show, hopefully yeah. feeling a little more enriched for it yeah. um, can bring into their life. Yeah. I suppose I'm a big fan of rich role. Yeah, um, amen ob- to that. Obviously, he would be all of yours. But For he's sure. mastered the art of interviewing people, and it's definitely an art. It, it's the creating a space and environment for someone to truly be comfortable, mm. truly be vulnerable, asking the right questions. He's done it ten plus years. If you do something for ten plus years, you get pretty good at it. Bloody hell! And he, the way he articulates the questions and the guests he has on, um, yeah, I really respect and value the content he puts out. Yep. Um, so I listened to him a fair bit um, and we spoke about one of my favorite authors is Johan Hari, yeah. um, has a few good books. Um, a big one that I recently read is called Stolen Focus. Yes. And it talks about the algorithms and um, getting back to like living authentically and like getting rid of the white lies. The algorithms, the world's controlled by algorithms, right? Right in this moment, it's controlled by algorithms. And these algorithms know us better than we know ourselves. So the fact that um, like not many people even know who they are as a person. They just sort of go through life, one thing, one thing, one thing after another. They don't have the stillness, the time to really process things. They don't haven't worked out what their morals are. They don't haven't worked out where how they want to live and in what way and what they mm. value in life. Um and it's like, how are you meant to have any control over your own life that's trying to be run by algorithms if you don't even know yourself or who you are yourself? So it's like getting back to that aspect of knowing yourself. Yeah, I'm still connect, uh, not connected, uh, addicted yeah. <laughs> to social media like most people are, but I'm trying to be and create that self-awareness to reduce the addictiveness Mm. like i've never smoked i've never been addicted to drugs or alcohol and it's like this is the first time in my life where there's a real addiction piece and getting back to rich roll his story is unique he was an alcoholic and i feel like every guest he has on it has some kind of addiction piece woven in through the interview yeah because every single one of us throughout our life will probably get addicted to something 
We are addictive personalities as human beings because yeah. of that dopamine yeah. desire. Yeah. And so I'm actually re-listening to Rich's book, Finding Ultra, at the moment. Yeah. That is, as a character, I'm drawn towards him because of his skill in mm. the space that I'm trying to develop in, but also the passion for running and yeah. you know, ultra endurance and all of that. And just a very still and content character, which, you know, is to me an attractive nature to, to learn from. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. It's, it's this addictive personality within our human behavior that I think can be incredibly positive when it comes to something like running mm. or, or something like meditation or self-development. Yeah. But it can be extremely negative and it's the, the balance between, and I actually heard Rich, I think it was maybe on the Seth Godin app, Um He spoke about, or maybe it's in the book, I don't know, because I've listened to a lot of him lately. He spoke about one thing he's never truly mastered is the balance, mm. which I think he's getting better at now as I see him slow down a bit yeah. athletically and sort of like get he's you know got a rule group of his life but most of us play on one end of the extreme or the other mm. you know it's the it's the david goggins mindset of training it's the you know the drinking the the drugs the binge eating whatever it is the social media addiction that fuels the negative side of your life it's trying to find the balance between all and yeah you know, what do i look like when i feel like i'm really present with Mm. what I want from my life. And it's, you know, Ben Crow, we spoke about. I feel like all I do on this show is fucking plug other <laughs> podcasters and authors that I'm, that I'm learning from, which is great. Yeah. And Definitely. Ben Crow, I'd done part of his mindset course and it was um, asking yourself was like the three questions of, of who you are as a human being. And it's, who am I? What do I want? Mm. And then the quest of how do I get there? And I feel like when you really get comfortable and and really accept who you are, when you then ask yourself, who, who do I, what do I want from my life? Mm. And what, what is my purpose? What are my goals? Then you really get to enjoy the quest of how do I get there? Yeah, well, it's enjoying the journey, isn't it? For sure. It's like the man who walked the furthest is not about the destination, it's about the journey. For sure. Yeah, so it's like, I feel like to re- truly get a grip on life and enjoy life is to practice being... Um, like what a monk would be, like truly present. Mm. Monks dedicate their whole life to being truly present in the moment, not getting attached to so, uh, external outcomes. Um, and it's like that is the goal for me without <laughs> do, uh, devoting my whole life to it. It's yep. just to try and be present. And we're human beings. We, we stuff up, but it, you can't be too hard on yourself either. For and sure. it's like... I feel like when you're truly present in the moment and you're not thinking about other things, that's when you connect. And as we spoke about, it's not, we live in a society that's money driven, but if you interview anyone on their deathbed, they talk about the relationships that they had, not the money, not the cars, not the houses, not the businesses or anything. Mm. It's the relationships they had with other human beings, with animals, with dogs, with the planet. It's the relationships that give you value, that give you um, yeah, that build you up. That it's give, the substance of life. Yeah, that's it. That's literally where humans are made to connect with each other. Yeah. And we live in a society where we go back into our own homes every night. There's community, but it's not really community. It's all promotion. And it's like deep down, there are some diamonds of proper community where it's yeah. there's no hidden agenda and it's real community. Mm. But we live in a society where 
We compare each other ourselves to everyone else on social media. We live in our own home, segregated every night. We value materialistic things. We own things. You never, property is a funny thing. You never own your home. You pay rates till you die and the next person keeps paying rates. Yeah. So you own your house, but you still rent it off the government. Yeah. So you yeah. never own it. Um, yeah, which is a funny concept. Um, but yeah, it's like what truly brings happiness is, for me, what brings happiness is the service I can provide for other human beings. And the relationships I have. And it's like when you help someone, say someone that feels comfortable enough, is going through a tough time, they feel comfortable enough, they come to you like, Bill, I'm in a bit of a rut, blah, blah, blah. And I, I've given, I say, go for a run. Go for a 5K run, call me after us, tell me how you feel and we'll keep, pick up this conversation. They go and do that. They feel better. That gives me great purpose and satisfaction that I've been able to help them and they feel great that they're, and they're more connected to me because they've received my help. So it's like 100%. that is an example of what, what it's all about, literally. One of the things that, so at the moment, one of my great mates, Brett Cannell and I are building a, a workshop for schools and a, a speaking sort of keynote tour for corporates. Mm. We're bringing both our stories together, both unique experiences that are, I guess, leveled on the tone of, it's not what challenges you, it's how you respond to it. And it's mm. all about you respond well when you craft purpose and set goals for your life and understand what's required to develop that art of resilience. And as we were talking through and building this course, you look at what is seems to be a barrier of entry for most people to understand and encompass purpose in their life. And mm. most people think that purpose is this thing for celebrities or top tier athletes or mm. you know the a-list elite of the world it's Famous. not <laughs> yeah. purpose one of the greatest purposes you can have in life is to be a parent and bring mm. children up in a loving environment and, and give them the gift of life but then also teach them what you know so they can go out in the world and, and live for themselves that's it a great purpose and jay shetty former monk new york times bestseller talks about it's one of my favorite definitions of purpose it's finding something you're passionate about and then asking how can you use that passion in service of others. Mm. And he speaks about monks live a life of service. It's a day that's split in half where the first half is service to self, meditation, exercise, sleep, good food, all of that, mm. tidy space, tidy mind. Then it's 50% of the, the back half of the day is service of others. And yeah. for them, usually it's helping build the community. It's helping the old people it's, it's service of food it's all these things but yeah i think as as human beings life is simple we yeah. make it complicated yeah and every day no matter what you do for work right now or whether you feel like it's your passion or what you love there is a way that you can be of service to others always it's as simple as go to the cafe in the morning when you get your morning coffee don't just ask for a flat white on oat milk say hey how's your day mm can I please have, thank you, mm. have an amazing day. It's little things like that mm. that can be of service to the community, service to the people we connect with. Mm. And we have to look at it simpler because it will enrich our lives. Absolutely. For sure. It's like walking past someone and just giving them a brief smile. You don't know what effect that has on them. They could be having the shittest day in the world and it just 100%. It brings back faith in humanity for them for yeah. that split second and changes the whole trajectory of their day. You know what? It's it's funny, and I, I don't know if I've told this story before, but I was at Woolworths. I live really close to Woolies, so I often walk up to Woolies, mm. grab my groceries, walk home, and 
this one day I'm walking up to Woolies and I'm just about to enter and there's this staircase up into Woolworths in Wollongong and there's this lady really struggling to get down the stairs, an older lady. She's mm. got a bag in each hand, struggling to get down the stairs, trying to hold the rail while I hold the bags. And I've watched 10 people walk past her mm. as I'm walking towards the stairs. My grandparents live just below me. My pot really struggles with his knees. So Nan's always trying to hold him and hold groceries. And I'm watching people walk past this lady without asking mm. if she's okay. Mm. I'm like, if that was my grandparents, how would I feel? Mm. So I said, hey, would you like me to grab your groceries and I'll help you down the stairs? So mm. I grab her grocery bags, which for me are light and it's easy. Mm. I help her down the stairs and I said, oh, where are you headed to? And she goes, just down the bus stop down there. And I'm like, I'll walk with you. Mm. It took me five minutes. I walked down with her. She stopped. We had a conversation. We were chatting. I was asking her her name and where she lives. And she cried when mm. I gave her back the bags to get on the bus because she said, you've made my day, young man. Mm. She said, can't believe that you're so nice to stop and take the time. Mm. It was five minutes of my day. Mm. And for me, I don't, I'm not sharing that story because I want the love or the, the gratitude. This was, I think, like a year ago. Mm. But I sat there and I thought, isn't it crazy that that can be so profound for someone? Mm. Yet I'd hope if my grandparents were walking down those stairs and I wasn't there to help, someone would offer them the same courtesy. Mm. It's not hard. Nah. That right there made her day, restored a little bit of hope in modern humanity. Mm. She goes home. She feels better about herself at night. She gets on the bus without having broken a sweat and bloody mm. broken her arms and knees to get over there. Yeah. It's not hard. Nah. It is so simple to make change and, like you said, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, I feel like so many people are caught up with all the information that they're getting bombarded with every day to not have the awareness to even help someone like that. For sure. There's things on social media where people hold up a sign saying, I'm anxious. I just want to talk to someone for five minutes with a sign and no one stops. But then they put on five and $10 notes saying free money. Everyone stops and grabs the money. That's an example of it. We, yeah. It's what we value. And it's like, once you can implement some stillness and awareness in your life, I feel like you're more likely to be aware that, hey, if I just help this lady for five minutes, I'm going to add value to her life. I'm going to add value to my life because it gives me a purpose. For sure. It makes her day better to get a reaction of her breaking out into tears. Mm. Like that's all, that's what it's, it's all, that's yeah. beautiful, man. That's exactly what it's all about. And it's, it's another thing that McConaughey says in his book, it's, selfishness is the ultimate selflessness invest in yourself you then become aware of that you're allowed so you can to help selfless. others yeah you're allowed to be selfless and for me yeah whilst that was what some would define as a selfless experience it was extremely selfish at the same point yeah. because i was then on this high for the rest of the day that i've provided a service to someone yeah. that was valuable that's it and it's like through i feel like the biggest growth periods for people is through heartache through breakups through adversity is when you learn about who you are as a person because you you go back to being selfless but to grow as a person mm. so that you i mean you go back to being selfish yeah to grow as a person you make everything about you i'm just going to go back to doing things that bring me happiness and you grow and you evolve to be in a good mindset and um good place in your life to then help others and I mean, it's it's that 
that flow of life. And it is. Yeah. And you can't fill someone else's cup unless yours is full first. Exactly. Exactly. You know? and, yeah. And so you have to, you can't pour from an empty cup. Is, That's you know, it. Is the same. Which is so. get back, it get, gets back to what the monks believe in is the first 50% fill your own cup. The next 50% fill someone else's cup. And oh, it's, yeah. and it's that right there is filling her cup because you'd probably done work or had a good morning or done some, been, for, been a for a run, been done whatever you needed to do f- to feel your own, to be able to feel hers. And that's that human to human interaction is what it's all about for me anyway. 100%. Well, brother, we're at the, just over the hour mark, which is usually the, I guess the ending point, the final, final moments of the podcast. And I guess the tone of today has been connection. It's been mm. understanding real story, true belonging. It's been mm. selflessness through the art of, you know, positive selfishness yeah and and all of these things and and i want to say that it's been a real pleasure to connect yeah not only have the run this morning i'm so grateful you made the time to to do that but then to come here on the show and it's yeah it really speaks to what we spoke about early in the episode Mm. that as human beings you have an obligation to be kind Mm. and and to connect with people and ask questions if you truly want to understand the people that are around you that is true connection and feel a whole lot more connected to you after today. And mm. I'm glad that we've been able to get through the bullshit of media <laughs> and, and chat about real life stuff. So yeah. it's been a real privilege to have you on the show, brother. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, as we spoke about on the run, it takes a bit of courage to just go, you know what, I'm just going to catch, catch up with someone. We might connect, we might not, but yeah, I feel about a great morning. I'm glad. Yeah. It's been awesome to see where you live, what you're about, the authenticity that you try and live up to. Um, And yeah, it's been a privilege to be on your podcast, mate. Mate, it's my pleasure. I'm going to make sure that where people can find you and connect and see the good stuff that you put out in the world is within the show notes of today's app and uh, make safe travels on the, the rest of the pilgrimage down in Melbourne. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it.